Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, welcome to Hardcore Listing with Chris and Stu. And this introduction is a triple threat. Um, basically, this week's guest is Nick Hodgson, who is the drummer from the Kaiser Chiefs, previously the drummer from Kaiser Chiefs, now a successful writer for other people. Um, he's worked alongside the likes of people like Mark Ronson, Q-Tip, um, he's even written for Shirley Bassey, working with Duran Duran, it was mental, uh, most recently Rapware. We didn't really get a chance, me and Shu, to get all into all of that because we got so deep into predominantly his top five. But anyway, on this introduction with me, you're very lucky today. You've got Scroobius Pip. Hello. And even more uniquely, for the first time ever, although his name has been mentioned countlessly on other podcasts, we have me and Pip's best mate, Mark Irvine of Mark Irvine Vest fame. Hello, Mark. Go on, talk. You'll be all right. <laughs> Hi. There we go, there's Mark for you. Um, I'm actually hoping to get you on the podcast at some point, mate. Cool. I really am. What, what, what I'm struggling with an intro. I don't you'll think be, I'll be very good on the podcast. Mate, you'll be fine. What would you do as a top five? I don't know. A, a, a top five riskiest farts? <laughs> oh, there's too, no, there's too many to pick from. Um, and they're not really risky if you're a pro. Yeah, like that. true. <laughs> if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, no, I've got, yeah, my brain fails. It's a tough like, one, isn't it? Because yeah. I have literally just put you, um, a shy dude, straight on the spot with that one. What a brutal bastard. <laughs> I'm going to um, drop an exclusive Go in on, this man. intro that I've come up with a new game for when we do a drunk cast. Oh, what? And I'm not going to tell anyone what it is, but it's better than our 20 questions game that we do at the end. Seriously? When you're drunk. It's amazing. I've only told one person about it and they were like, that's the best game ever. That's going to be amazing with you drunk idiots. So there's going to be a new game. Cool. I mean, that, I mean we've not ex- got a drunk cast plan for ages. <laughs> and it is an exclusive. Is it, is, you haven't told anyone anything. It's a new game. <laughs> Ooh. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> exclusive. I know something you don't know. <laughs> Welcome back to the playground. Previously, you didn't know that I knew something that you didn't know. So now this you know, that's what the exclusive is. The, everyone listening is going absolutely wild. I can't, I, I read, that's going to probably shut down Twitter tomorrow. You're, You're welcome, guys. Hashtag new exclusive. <laughs> um, anyway, Nick was an awesome guest. We recorded this at Acast. Um, 
he we, we get to talk about and what I think is amazing uh, about the Kaiser Chiefs when uh, how the band formed and the crazy thing is we used to talk about when we were listening to Kaiser Chiefs when we were younger you know how in their choruses they have the kind of oh, oh, we actually talk about the science behind that and how they come to writing those sort of things into their records to get amazing. people pumped up so yeah it was pretty cool hearing that from Good. the man himself who Nick actually wrote the Kaiser Chiefs tunes, and he's a drummer, so... Nice. Yeah. And science. usual. Amazing. Exactly, mate. So, I think that's it. Enjoy this episode. Do you want to let them know why we're here and the fact that it's a Friday night and this is what you choose to do with your Friday nights? I get my mates around to record lovely intros and it might be because I may have deleted the intro that me and Stuart recorded and um, after this, as a reward for all your hard work, I've got you some pizza... And then I'm going to subject you to board games. Friday night board Friday games. Friday night board nice. game fest. And I mentioned Risk and you screwed your nose up at that. So, so um, bl- Blood Bowl it is. Blood Bowl it is. <laughs> right, enjoy. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Okay, welcome to Hardcore Listing, and um, with myself and Chris to my left. Hello. Um, you alright? I'm very well, thanks. Well, let's, let's not do the, are you alright, because we've been with each other all day, so it's not going to sound right, is it? Um, our guest today um, has, has come to Acast in, in Shoreditch to, to meet us today to record this one. Yeah. Um, and should we introduce him? Sure, it's Nick Hodgson from the previously Cars Chiefs, and now working on your own on plenty of other projects as yes. well. Yes, hi. Hello, thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's uh, it's much appreciated, and we we spoke um, on Twitter quite a bit about what you was going to choose for your top five. Yeah. Um, and before you settled on today's five, what did you go for? I went for um, you... top five Seinfeld episodes. And it was one in ones where I think if it would have been Curb or something like that, yeah, could have done it. Yeah. But my my knowledge on Seinfeld and, and yours is it just. It's, it's not rubbish, space, man. Like, I, I've, I've tried Seinfeld so many times and I still it hasn't kick-started yeah. in me. And it, I get irritated because I've got loads of friends who like it and they're like, Chris, you like Seinfeld? And I'm like, I've still, it's still not, I haven't had the yeah, momentum you, with it. You've got to give it some time, yeah. which is, I think is better. Because like something like Friends, for example, yeah. anyone can just dive in halfway through an episode and find it deviating for a moment or two. Yeah. But yeah. not with Seinfeld. You need to get into the fabric of it underneath the skin of it and then one day it's like listening to a record that you've pr- pressed play and you, you don't like yeah. it and then it becomes your favourite album and it clicks and then everything's like oh my god yeah of course that or yeah every, I started watching it in the late 90s and the thing that stood out for me was that every time I'd watch an episode somebody would say something that I think as well or I would have done that yeah, and it's very yeah. much like Curb when you know when Larry, everyone's going on at Larry and they're like, Larry, but I'm actually thinking, well, I probably would have done what Larry yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like that and then yeah. then it just becomes part of you. Yeah. And you walk out of the house and you start talking like it. What was, wow. you, I just want to know now because I'm, I'm obviously a bit of a music nerd, but what album would you say that was the one that you struggled with and then got it and then just thought, fuck. Wow. I mean, I said that as though that I've got one on the tip of my tongue. Just a, there will be one. Um... Can we edit this? 
All the time in the world. Have you got one in shoe while Nick's Astral thinking? Astral Weeks. Astral Weeks, okay, yeah. fair deal. It was one of the ones everyone said, yeah, you've got to listen to this album. And I'm not a big Van Morrison fan. I liked some of the them stuff. And and I thought, right, everyone said, these are these albums that you've got to listen to and, and you're going to love. And, and I just played it and I thought, no, I'm not getting it. Mm. And then I played it and I'm not getting it. And then, and then it just dropped. I yeah. just think it's, it's, it's in me, probably in my top five, if not uh-huh. ten. Okay. Amazing. It's not that amazing, but yeah. Um... Daft Punk homework. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't particularly. I I I had the singles and I was like that was alright, but the rest of the record I was like I don't get this at all. It's it's a mess. And then finally I was like oh, actually this is fucking yeah exceptional. I've got mine. Nick, it's dropped. It's okay. dropped. Go Happy on. Mondays, pills and thrills uh, and belly okay. aches. Really? Because I remember first hearing it and thinking, <laughs> and then I would I would just listen to it every single day on the bus for like you know three months. Yeah. And you'd know every. You know every little. What I love about an album that you love is, you hear one track, it finishes, and then you start singing the next one before yeah. the next one. I was somewhere the other day and I heard a tra- a, a song that I really love. I can't remember what it was. I think it was The Strokes, and it finished, but it was on a playlist somewhere else. And I started singing what was next, yeah. and I love that. Yeah, yeah. See, we've spoken about dog. this a lot, and yeah. it is Pavlov, isn't it? Yeah. And like, but but the thing is, like, especially like being the age I am, like having mixtapes growing up. I still hear a song, oh, right. and, and I think the next song's going to be that. But the yeah. song that you picked on the mixtape, yeah, but yeah then, I love that. But and, and also, like, if you rinsed records that you had on vinyl that had a little scratch on it, yeah. like I instantly uh, expect that little jump yeah. when I hear it on the radio yeah. and things like that. But the thing is, this is the thing that we we spoke about a lot with other guests as well. Is that kind of thing, which I'm sure we'll get onto when we we discuss like the, the music that you've made, and is that that whole kind of concept of an album being a body of work mm. and so you do you know most people growing up from from previous kind of eras have, have grown up listening to an album in the order mm. it's expected to be listened right, to yeah, and yeah. as a body of work whereas now we're of a generation where people are literally picking a tune yeah. straight off of you know off of yeah. iTunes and not listening to the yeah. actual body of, do, you know, do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah I do, I, do. Like, I don't know what I don't know whether that's a bad thing or a good thing? Or... Yeah, we don't, we're, uh, we've spoken about it so much on here. And yeah, it is, it's such a mixed bag. It's definitely not bad or good. It's no. just different. It's and just people different, happens, yeah. people consume music mm. and they, it's, all, it's just changed so much. Yeah. It'd be interesting because like, kids these days, they won't really yeah. have had that sort of experience. All right, well, look, should we get straight on with what your five is going to be? Okay, top five is going to be... What did I actually put it down as? It was... Um, music or music movies about music stroke musicians so biopics is that a, are they called yeah, 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 yeah I think, think so. anything so I want to get some ground rules here right okay. I want to know oh. about things like can you use <laughs> did it? you know you was going to have rules in force on your <laughs> last <laughs> minute Nick hopefully and then, there are rules um, so they all have to begin with A but what about <laughs> thing, things like quadrophenia and things like that uh, I considered that you mm. can write I okay. considered yeah. that and I did think I wouldn't put that in Okay, mm. okay. So it can involve films that are as driven by the soundtrack as much as the film. No, it can't. Right, so it's got it's, to it's be got, a bat an artist. A, a, artist or band, right? Or it could be a made-up band. Okay. Ah, right. so it could be a movie about a band. Right, right, okay. right, right. Okay. Well, it better be. Cause... Right. <laughs> That's okay. fine. It's your, it's your top five, Nick. <laughs> and if it's the one that we think, then there's yeah, a loophole yeah. in that as well that works. Uh, oh, okay. right. Yeah. Uh, well, should we go number for five? five? Top five. Oh, yeah, number five. I've got it written down. 
Okay, so what we're going to do, I'm going to do my five, your five. We, we'll just chat we'll about your, your five, and we'll throw a few in the mix. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, but we'll we, we don't want to say I, one of it might be in your five. I'd like yeah. to hear your five as well. Yeah, okay, sure. my number five is Some Kind of Monster by Metallica. Some Kind Metallica. of Monster. He said it literally about an hour ago in here, just because yeah. I haven't seen it, and Stu was ah. raving about it. He said, it's, you've got to check it out. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, the lack of self-awareness is brilliant, and... <laughs> I think they're, they're Hetfield. I yeah. think he's a lunatic. <laughs> I Absolute, think they all are. Yeah, and and the, the they made two films. Yes. Yeah. There's a follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've seen as well, but um, I've only seen that once. I've seen some kind of monster th- maybe three times. Is that the one when they're auditioning the bass player? Uh, the yes. First one? Yes. Yeah. It's and and he's, he's Hetfield having like a a bit of a. Meltdown. Yeah, he it? disappears for eleven months. <laughs> halfway through. Oh what? He just disappears. Bye. He doesn't even say goodbye. Yeah. He's just gone. Cause it was I mean there's there's huge amounts of tension. There's so much tension at one point. Hetfield is just completely reacting so I mean, they're like two young like brothers, kids. Yeah. This is him uh, and Lars, the, the Lars the drummer. Lars the drummer yes. and James Hetfield. I mean for me, I, <clears throat> all the films that are in my um, top five are interesting because I've been in a band since I was maybe like 12. Yep. So I have experienced on whatever scale, Metallica's up there, top of the scale of like craziness and hugeness yeah. and falling outs and all that. But um, whatever band you're in, that is, there's an element of all of that. In yeah. all, and all these films... It's such a weird relationship in a, in a band. Yeah. And this is like the ultimate example of it and also the ultimate example of how to deal with it because you can't just go ignore it. Do you know what I mean? So if you if you just hate somebody in your band, ignoring it, mm, I don't know whether that's a good thing. Because if I remember rightly, did the bass player that they got rid of they gave him a real hard time, if, mm-hmm. I, if I remember rightly. He, he, they were. I think he quit. Yeah, like, and and they were pretty rough on him, mm. and uh, and and they auditioned. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but they auditioned a new bass plan. Did they literally give him a million dollars when the he best got bit. the job? It's bizarre. So just like, a, like not even well, not a golden handshake. Yeah, they just they yeah. just like the opposite. Okay, so we're officially asking you to. This is my impression of the last. <laughs> we're officially asking you to be in a in the band now, and as a, a symbol of goodwill, we're going to give you a million dollars. And he's like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> you could have stopped. At, you know, you could have stopped. At, we're offering you the the, yeah. the role yeah. in the band. Mm. Yeah, you're going to be in arguably the biggest but metal band got, of all you've time. Got, yeah. You've got to spend this on booze. <laughs> This <laughs> month, Bruce's millions. Band there, it? It's got a million pound in the Nick, so, so are you picking this top five? And, and do you, is this because you have an interest? You you drawn to these sort of band yeah. biotic, biopic movies? Because I can watch of anything. That, because you've got that relationship with music and being in a band. Yeah. So you like to see that and how it has worked out and played since, out with others. Since I left the Juice, so I've, I've um, worked with a lot of bands, writing and, and producing. And, what, and obviously I've met lots of people in bands. Yeah. There is the same group... This, this, Say if there's five people in the band, there's the same, like, how's the best way to say it? Same personality. Yeah. You can go, that's thingy from my band. That one's yeah. the other guy from my band. That's yeah. this. Mm. There's always one that's moaning. Yeah. There's always one that's double excited. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was you? 
Uh, oh, I was just the tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> was you always like one of the like? Obviously, from from being you know predominantly the songwriter as well. Yeah. Um, like, and was you hands on with the production on on everything as well? Uh, you know, I was always in the studio. I was annoying to producers. I don't think they liked me, but I, w- I had a vision of what I wanted, and I, I was probably the Lars. So I mean, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. like to admit it, really, but you know. But you so said you've got to have that in a band. You've got you to have, have vision, yeah. and you've got to have that driving force. Or else bands. And also, a lot get... of things came down to me as well. So if there was any problems, people would look at me and go, "Okay, this is the problem," and then I'd be like, "Okay, well, thanks for telling me the problem. Now I've got." A fix it as well so you you sort of at the um you kind of the leader of the band but also which is great because you sort of try and get your own way a bit but um it is hard yeah it's pressure and yeah frustration we've we've booked like we we're club promoters so we've been we we haven't done so so much recently but we've booked hundreds of live bands put playing in and around London and it's always like a lot of them are unsigned so we do see that struggle and you do like, yeah, yeah. So you do find the one the one that you go to that you know is well, we, we, committed and's got the drive and have, then gets more suffers more of the frustration because yeah. they know where it can go and what it can be and then other band members are half in half out you know it's, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, and if you're that driven and other people in the band haven't got that I'm not talking about the cast but, but you know, you have the rest of the band haven't got that drive that yeah. you've got. Sometimes that can be frustrating oh, yeah, as well yeah, that yeah. they're not, you know, moving. Yeah, people not. I mean, people would just not turn up to practice. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, I've been waiting all week for this. Yeah. It's the best yeah. thing of my life, yeah. and you haven't turned up. I can't understand it. Yeah. Well, we had uh, Adam Fife, who was drumming Baby Shambles, oh, on, yeah, yeah. and uh, he was that person, wasn't he? That yeah. had to uh, yeah. deal with everything. I'd pick everybody up. Yeah. Oh, really? Weird. Yeah, yeah. Go around. We sort of all lived in Headingley in LS6. I go around picking everybody up. Making sure they got Making there. sure they're there. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, so um, some kind of monster. You haven't seen it, obviously. No, so but I tell you what, I'm, I'm so uh, up for that. I can't wait. It's definitely something to behold. It's, uh, it's, it's a cracker. You've got to admire Metallica because they 100% signed off on it and it's a brave thing to do to it's... go, here is us with our pants down. Yeah. But... They got through it. They made a great album. Sold like seven million records of that particular album. Probably more. Someone will yeah. say it was hundred million. Mm. But, um, they can't be struggling with a mortgage, can they? <laughs> no. I'm sure if they just give the new bass player stone cold million. Yeah, yeah. They they right. were at the forefront of um, complaining about the sort of like uh, the Spotify generation. Uh, Napster was Napster. That was so Lars was right behind that, and he yeah. got a load of grief from everybody yeah. in the whole world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for speaking up on it, everyone just really yeah. dug him out for it. He's a strange. He's a strange cat, though. Isn't he's he, a tennis Lars? champion as well when he, before Metallica. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was all about tennis. That's that's <laughs> so not metal, is it? <laughs> he switched his guitar around. He switched his racket around and started playing it. Well, oh, that's I genius. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. But he's um, he's a bit of an indie kid, isn't he? he, he I think he came to one of our shows actually in Denmark, which was exciting. I wore a Metallica yeah. t-shirt. Fantastic. I ripped my sleeves off. Obviously, but he because uh, he was big Oasis fan, wasn't he? I remember there was loads of stuff on Oasis come out that he was. He was following Oasis mm. around and stuff like that. It was, yeah, he's just yeah. You don't expect that from a no. metal, do you? Yeah. 
Who'd have thought it? People have got wider music interests than you know what they what they play. The when, when it comes to metal, you kind of think you must be hardcore. That's it. You yeah. don't escape it, but obviously not. The guy from Slipknot is a Kaiser Chiefs fan, and he's oh, really literally said talked about us in interviews, and I can't believe it. No like, way. Um, was it what the lead Corey. singer or what Corey? Corey yeah, Corey from Slipknot. Yeah, shit, man, shit. Yeah, I've seen some crazy gigs back back in the the nineties heyday of the festivals and Slipknot making everyone just sit down on the floor. That was that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. But you, oh, man, you wrote so, so, some hits. And I didn't know you were the predominant songwriter yeah. until the other day, Nick. Um, yeah. I've... Really, really good songs. And the people you've worked with now, looking at the list of people's, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty special. Yeah. So growing up and as a, as a songwriter, like wanting to be a songwriter, and, and was. Because for me, the first time I saw you live, I saw you at XFM Winter Wonderland a long, long time yeah. ago. And you played about six songs. Okay, I remember. Uh, with the Rifles and I can't think who else was, was on it. Was this at the Coco? No, uh, Brixton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, uh And you come on, and I've been an indie DJ for the last 25 years, so I played, I was rinsing your stuff in the clubs. <laughs> yeah. But you come on, and it was, every day I love you, less, Object of Riot, Ruby, and, and you just, six fucking pop gems yeah. and it was like fucking hell that's that, there's some bangers there and yeah. like was was pop like the thing that kind of um, have you always had like them pop sensibilities in your I listen to the radio to... Like, I always have done so I'm a, and I analyse everything I analyse songs I, I can I, I just love songwriting I love every detail about it so when did that start though? Uh, when did it start? I used to write songs when I was I don't know under 10 so what was you listening wow. to then to sort of show um, Everything that was in our car, which was Dexy's Madness, Eurythmics, Robert Palmer, what else? Just a whole load of 80s. Mad Madness um, are a prime example of a band that I think don't get the credit yeah, yeah. they deserve. They're a kinks, in my opinion. They're yeah. There's the br- perfect British social yeah. commentary. And yeah got 40 hits yeah massive killer hits amazing and, and it's just... because they're upbeat they're, because they're upbeat and jolly and you can enjoy them people and the man in the street will like them that they'll never get i mean this is the same as like what i've experienced as well when it's popular and sort of not really gloomy you do end up not getting a great amount of praise in the press yeah. i think Takes a while, maybe it'll. Yeah, come I see. Out. I, I know what you're saying. Definitely madness, even like with madness lyrics as well. They can be. They can. They've written some really deep, soulful, mm. meaningful records, haven't they? And yet, they something like embarrassment yeah. coming out when yeah. they come out is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, uh, um, so was you already sort of deconstructing them songs in your your head and sort of thinking, I will have how been, was that put together? Uh, yeah, I mean, was you playing as well instruments? Yeah, I played the piano when I was about eight, and then I played the flute. And the guitar, and then I played the drums at the end of all that because I wanted to play the drums forever. But then, I mean, we had a piano in the house, flute fits in a plastic bag, guitar, you know, all these things are easily obtained. And not that noisy. Not that noisy, and but drums are just insane. Yeah, I walked down the street so the other day with walking the dog, and there was a kid playing the drums. In his house, and you could hear it for miles. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that's me. <laughs> that was what I was like. 
You wrote like your your um your, your the crescendos in Kaiser Chiefs. I always remember, like you say, with the bangers. Is that just from your you know you always thought I know what's going to catch okay, on here. So I know how to pump up people because it yeah. that's how it used to when I used to be in clubs and that you could see the the momentum in your song. Yeah, well, it was a definite. Uh, I mean, it was also from like dance music, something like Josh Wink, right? Yeah, it was the same sort of. Higher state, you know, yeah. yeah. So you're building, 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 yeah. building, building, yeah. and it's yeah. like, ah, yeah, that's so good. But the rock. last chorus yeah. for me is like the most important, like the middle eight to the last chorus is the most important part mm. of the song because we do a song, I predict right, for example, you mm -hmm. do the first chorus, and we because we used to play in front of you know, we'd be supporting, we'd be trying to get people's attention all the time, and we'd at this point we'd been turned down by all the record companies as well, so we knew we had to get people's attention. And we weren't going to get it by being like super cool. Mm -hmm. We were going to do it by attract, appealing to the the people, the man in the street, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd have the first chorus, happy to write it. Second chorus, okay, people are starting to like it. Then you do a little change bit, and you build up, and then we do the build up. Mm -hmm. And when you go into that third chorus after the build up, everyone in the crowd was like singing it, moving, yeah. doing something. And even so, in the rehearsal room as well, we would be like, um, "I'll do that and pretend to play the drums." Air so drums this is at the point way. where normally a lot of bands would drop a guitar solo in or a mid late of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Where... Well, we do a mid late, and then we'd go into the oh yeah, uh, and then it just worked. And we'd be in the rehearsal room, and we'd be excited. We knew that this was going to be all right. And I tell you what, you know, I mentioned Seinfeld earlier. That, that was an influence on me then because thing is with Seinfeld, the script doesn't have any fat in it. And I used to say, yeah. Seinfeld doesn't have any fat in it. It's mm -hmm. lean, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to do that with our songs. There's no fat. There's no extra bits. No bars where you could get rid of it. Fillers, yeah. It's all lean and get into that point. And yeah, you, yeah. And you know when a song's finished because it's the satisfaction point. Right. I think people call it the bliss point. Yeah. Right. But for us, it was like. Do we feel like when you finish it? Down. How do you feel? It's like feel great. Then it's done. Yeah. And there'd be so many times for weeks you'd be like, "How do you feel? Mm, I feel alright." Yeah. And then you get it right. It's good. Brilliant. I've got a recording. Nick, that's awesome, man. That's so cool. I've got a recording of yeah. us playing Africa to Right from beginning to end for the first time ever in the rehearsal room, and it's exciting. Because there's a whole load, there's like an hour before it, yeah. going through it, changing bits. And then one time we stumble across it, like, t like okay, what about that? We'll take this bit out. Do -do 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 -do. And then we play it the first time and then it's, everyone's What like, a feeling. Yeah. And you're like, we've bagged this. We've yeah. got one here. Yeah. Did you have that, that, that mm. feeling that you just thought, this is a fucking stunt? Well, it felt good, but I can yeah. remember thinking, our band was, all the other songs, like, oh my God. Yeah. Stuff like that. Modern way was very um it was kind of different it wasn't that kind of clash kind of punk laddie kind of thing really it was more kind of we look at the super fairy animals as our inspiration yeah, right. at that yeah. point and we were like and then we had this song that was so then we had to kind of make all our make i predict right fit in the set yeah of like these kind of weird weirder songs mm. Mm, so that was interesting <laughs> I can remember saying, is it too punk? So I don't think I was ever really satisfied. So was you always, like when you say things like that, was you, obviously you write as a band and write, make music that you want to make, but is it always there that you think, 
you know, want it to be a, have a mass appeal. We want it. To, yeah. We want it to be a hit. Yeah, I mean, you've got to like it. And it's got to make you feel good. It's got to make you feel something, whether it makes you feel good or whether it makes you feel sad or anything. It's got to make you feel something. And it's usually the case if, if it makes you f- feel, then it's going to work. Yeah. If you play a song, I mean, there's millions of songs we've binned because they just, you think, oh, this is really good. And it kind of makes sense on paper. And you keep playing it. And you just be like, hmm. You don't, sh- this should mm-hmm. work. Yeah. You play it live, no one's bothered. Does that hurt? No. You just got to let it go. Yeah, you just. That's the yeah. good thing about pop songs is that you can do another one. Yeah. And as if you're writing a novel, could you imagine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taken you three years and you're like, yeah. no one likes it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right, well, should we get number four in? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Four is. Supersonic. Supersonic. Oh, you know what? I forgot about that. Yeah. Have yeah, you watched I it? That. I watched yeah, it Christmas. It's good. good. Yeah. Watched mm. it. Well, very good. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, um, pretty solid. Completely forgot about it's that. It's just a nice blast to, to that era, which it's... was sort of like my introduction to like compulsively collecting singles and stuff like that. Was the the old yeah. Oasis things in the B and H cases? You ever remember that? Yeah, like, the yeah. gold and silver. Yeah. I loved that. It was amazing, and watching that was uh, yeah. It's a great. Exciting. I was seventeen, I think, when that came out. Um, not the documentary. Yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah. maybe. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely maybe came out, and it was a real ground zero. It's like, okay, forget all that, forget Pearl Jam. You ain't got to forget Pearl Jam. They can still say. You can go back to them, but yeah. right at, at that, that point, at that point, it was it was different, wasn't it? Yeah, I reflect it, on that now, but it felt good, and it, it didn't sound like. Anything else that was going on then, you know, you think of what was was going on, and then obviously there was, I suppose, the only real early things of Britpop was Suede, Suede at that point, mm. and maybe Modern Life yeah. had, was out by then, wasn't it? Um, but then it, it just, I didn't hear Columbia when it first came out because mm. that was the sort of first thing that came out, oh, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, on, on the twelve inch, on yeah. that twelve, yeah. But the minute you heard Supersonic, it was, what is this? And yeah, it's a bit special, wasn't it? Mm. So was you was you Oasis or Blur or both at that was, point, Nick? See, my you know those people who are the, like I, I I don't know what was wrong with me, but <laughs> I'd love something, and then when it got popular, I'd be that kid who just went, "Oh shit, is that?" So, uh, so my my best mate was like that. We're on to this now, yeah. so that's shit. And then yeah. I try and convince everyone it was shit. And yeah. It wasn't shit. Yeah. It was just me being a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and when Roll With It came out I was like that's the worst song ever I still don't think that's one of their I think that's one of their worst songs but yeah well it yeah, could be it's not, it's not it's not their best was that the one that went up against uh, Country House yeah. Was, yeah. wasn't it yeah. and so I was all about Blair at that point yeah but oh, even I didn't really love Country House like no. that again that was one of their weaker ones right yeah. it's definitely I didn't feel that it's so a cracking little think, tune but um, obviously it's just been rinsed hasn't yeah. it and yeah uh, but I uh yeah, I, I I think obviously you being a songwriter, you, I think if you look at Noel Gallagher at that point, I mean, there's some serious creative output there, aren't there? Yeah. The fact that you're throwing acquiesce and talk That's tonight as fucking B sides is unbelievable. Yeah. Master plan. There's just some. Well, when Live Forever came out, I was just literally like, "Well, this must be, this must be f-. like," because Bonehead says this on the documentary. You haven't just written that, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, I was 
I just thought, yeah, where's this come from? Yeah. And when I was a kid, I'd, so there's three three occasions when I've had a tape player and played a song, paused it after every line, written down the line, pressed pause again, and just done that for the whole song. And it was Imagine, it's in good company, Imagine uh, Lola and uh, Live Forever. And it's the only three I've ever done that with. And what did you do that for? What? To learn the words. Oh, just to learn... I don't know, because when I did Imagine, I was probably about 10. Yeah. And so, I don't know why. Just to have them in front of me. Yeah. So I could sing it. But then on with Live Forever, I can remember being about 18. <laughs> and uh, you can't imagine that now, because you would just literally put it on... you just Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot easier now, isn't it? Then you'd have to yeah, write it down. Some 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 albums used to have the lyrics on the in the in the oh, record, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, but, um, yeah. I think I don't just, know. I mean, I haven't bought yeah, a they physical didn't. I don't know copy. Why, this was been before it came yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'd learn the chords. It's great. Was that a big band for you? So again. Was that a big thing for your Oasis? Um. Yes. But like I said, when the first second album came out, I was, I'd moved on. I mean, I'd. I've gone back to it. I love it. Yeah. I was just being an idiot. But, yeah, the first album, I would just listen to it all the time. So, when I was a kid, there was... I went to, like, high school from 89 to 94. Then I went to sixth form, 94, 96. In 89... So, between 89 and 94, it was Stone Roses, Nirvana and Oasis mm -hmm. in a five-year period. And they were the three... Um, movements that could that completely changed the way people dressed, walked, just the hair, everything, and that was a special five years. Because think about it now. When was the last time a band came along? We have discussed not in that band music, man. It's, it's so it's many so times. So different mate. now. It's, it's, it's moved into different directions, and it's it's one of those things where we say is it a good or a bad thing it's just different but yeah. I kind of do like I miss that I miss that excitement and oh, that, that, that buzz youth culture it was, yeah. it, and it was and it was tribal you, you could see by their outfits as you say yeah. what they were into and, yeah. and that aside you know, in, within that time frame as well you had the whole kind of evolution of the big explosion of like hip hop as well from like yeah, yeah, De La Soul through to like mm -hmm. You know, two pack and stuff. Public Enemy, yeah. Public Enemy was a big thing. As well. I loved. Mm. Um, I couldn't believe it when I heard. I actually heard NWA first. Somebody, I was at like Scouts. I can remember standing outside Scouts and someone was listening to this thing, and they gave me the headphones. It was NWA, and I was like, "What is yeah, this yeah, though?" Because yeah, that horn, that trumpet. Yeah. I was like, okay. It's the, it's the, that, that was the most brutal sounding hip hop record mm. to date, wasn't it? Well, also, like, when, lyrically, when I mean, not only how it's produced, but what they're saying is like it's so so far from what I I knew. Yeah, I was listening to well, it wasn't NWO, it was just after them when I sort of got, got into it. Hip hop was my first thing. I was like, what the fuck are they rapping about? What well, is rap anyway? But it's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, but, but it's it just energy. Different. I love all yeah. music that's got a certain energy that makes you want to fucking like. Mm. Mm. Let's do something like Rage Against Machine. Oh, that was my next word. It's got me raging. It Rage yeah, and Nirvana yeah. were 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 the epitome of that. Definitely, right. I mean, Rage has got that, and it's and it still feels timeless now when I listen yeah. to it. And if you walk down the street and you're listening to something that makes you wanna fucking yeah feel good, like feel like if, if someone jumped me now, 
I'd be all right. Yeah. Because I'm listening to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Aria. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but, it, you know, there was just such an explosion of yeah. alternative music in them years, you know, but it's without the kind of, you know, the, the, the grunge thing and the, and the Britpop thing in between yeah. that, you had all your kind of, your wonder stuffs and your Carters and your Neds. And there was, there was just a, a you know, t-shirt bands, I used to call them, yeah, you yeah. know, and it was just, it's an exciting time. Yeah. And like, what was going on in Leeds then? Like uh, on, on that, who was Leeds, just, who were the Leeds bands? Uh, what do you mean? Actual bands from Leeds. I mean, what was going on in Leeds was just indie, massive jeans, uh, flower, <laughs> those hats, you know, the Rennie hat, yeah, James t-shirts, long-sleeved, yeah. hooded tops, <laughs> nothing really homegrown. Could they were from oh, Leeds? Rich and strange, what a tune! I remember. Could were from Leeds, and uh, I'll be missing someone out right now. Indie bands, it was not. I mean, there was a load of goth stuff before my time. Was some hmm. um, thingy? Um, who were the ones with the matching haircuts? The blonde lads were they a Leeds band? Oh, god, what were they called? What, um, no, bros. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were they bloody called? I know who you're talking they, about. Um, well, they always used to have tear ups on stage oh, quite a lot. They were a real God. angry kind what, of. What year are we talking? I reckon maybe 89, 90. Um, there was one band who were like that. And they, were no. called... and they played with the primitives a lot. They oh, toured right. with the primitives all the time. Um, there was a band called The Pale Saints, and there was a band called oh, um, Bridewell Taxis. Yeah, no, it weren't either of those. No, there's not many. Oh, I can't think. Yeah, probably can't remember if okay. you called him. Going back to Supersonic, because there's lots of different um, biopics and documentaries of bands. What made that come into your top five, Nick? What, um, what pulled that in? Well, I saw others? it last year. I think it came out last year, didn't it? Yeah. I went to a sort of matinee, and it was a Friday, and I came out, and it was about two o'clock, and I went, well, I can't go home now. <laughs> And I got really drunk, and I was sick. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was the first time in years. Yeah. And then uh, I just, yeah, I went I went to Highgate on Liam Watch. He wasn't there. Have you met him? Yeah, yeah, in, in, the, old, in, in the band days, yeah. Um, so I just had a, yeah, I just couldn't go home. I just wanted, it was weird. It's so inspiring. Any movie that makes you have that sort of emotional impact on you, if yeah. it makes you then go and do something, then that's got to that's yeah. be it's got to be worthy of a top five in some in some Definitely. ways. And Liam is so I mean, just the the comedy genius of yeah, Liam in so that funny. film is so funny. It's amazing. It scares me, you know, Liam. It's really, really any time I watch anyone where I'm like, I don't not quite know what that guy's going to yeah. do. And whenever I watch Liam, even now, I feel on edge. On and telly. No one or... makes me feel uneasy. Yeah, just on TV. No one makes me feel uneasy like watching Liam. Right. And he's funny as fuck. He's, sh- he's yeah, as yeah. sharp as a whip, isn't he? Yeah. There's something about Liam that I just can't... He's like, for me, it's like, you know, um, wild animals that you can't quite predict. I always yeah. feel yeah, like yeah. that a little bit with Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I remember watching him being interviewed before. The, they'd done a thing on like MTV or something like that where they'd done a live show from Barrowlands, I think it was, in kind of 97, 98 or something like that. And it was a big kind of, it might even be like a pay-per-view gig. Yeah. It was quite a big deal. And they were all being interviewed before the gig. And I just remember him sitting there just going like, um, yeah, like, you know, in the studio next door we was recording, but you know, S Club Juniors, like, mm-hmm. sound kids, mate, good lads, good lads. <laughs> and just going on about hanging out at S Club Juniors. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah, he's a... He's a bit of a bit of a dude, isn't he? he, I, he he's he's good in interviews, isn't he? Like yeah, you say, yeah. like he, he he he's very funny and he mugs people off. He's been, I've seen loads of like ones in like that Danish ones that he's been on, and he's just taking the piss out of people. He's uh, he's back with a vengeance, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he, I love it. Absolutely, I'm a big fan. Should we get on to number three? Yeah, let's do number three. Point. Yeah, yeah, let's do number three. Okay. So this is the first one of the ones that. With your rules at the beginning, is this is this okay? Right. Oh, I see. The Blues Brothers. Oh. See, didn't the band are no, didn't. the greatest session musicians of all time. Of course, aren't they? yeah, yeah. Um, Ackroyd's now a singer, isn't he? He's got his own band now. He was. Like, it was his idea. I think he thought he came up with the Blues Brothers. Dan Ackroyd. Really? The whole idea. He also came up with Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean that. That's one of my favourite movies. Hearing about Dan Aykroyd's, you know, plights to try and make get Ghostbusters three is is, is fantastic. Bill three, Mar- yeah, yeah. It's uh, not happening because, but the the trouble he's had. Right. But like you say, he was the driving force behind it, and you can tell that with Dan. Like he writes, he has these ideas, and he's he's done some, he's made some successes. Blues Brothers was yeah, pretty yeah. amazing, wasn't it? What was the other one that it was? Dragnet was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but, Blues Brothers yeah. is a cracking film. So when did you last see Blues Brothers then? Honestly, I, uh, it's got it, for me. It's got to be fifteen years. Yeah. I, I showed my daughter. Um, we'd been at some kind of family party, and there was some music on in the background. And uh, shake a towel ever come on, and hmm. uh, and the, some of the pissed uncles were just bending over and doing yeah. the towel feather kind of dance. And I remember thinking, well, I'm going to show my daughter where that come from. So mm-hmm. I went out and just went on YouTube, and I was like. 
Ray's Music Exchange. And it's just an incredible scene. And yeah, the yeah. colour in that is amazing. And he just sits at the, at the I presume it is at Hammond or something like that, doesn't he? And he or, yeah, it's a and, and, uh, and it just, it it's just explodes, doesn't it? And it's it, it's just phenomenal. And, uh, as is the scene with Aretha. Um, yeah. I think. I mean, when I was... Have, a, you, have you watched it recently? I haven't watched it. No, not for a while. But when I was... Maybe between 11 and 15, I would watch it oh, like every week. Yeah. I can't, that can't be true. That's got to be yeah. an exaggeration. I saw you've it got, a, You've got a lot of time in times. Yeah, yeah. I saw it a hundred times. And I think, I was trying to think this on the tube, why I love it so much, and it was because, it's a bit like the film that's the next one as well, on my list. I was looking for things that were, like I knew I wanted to be in a band, but I didn't know what what you did. Okay, so I knew there was bands. I'd seen them on top of the pubs. I knew they were on record. But when you're like 14, what do you do? You get band members. So you get band members. So I'd watch the Blues Brothers and I'd see they got the band back together, obviously. And then it was all like a little bit of a learning process. Okay, so he does this, right? Bass player. I didn't know what a bass player did. Yeah. I didn't know the difference between a bass guitar and an electric guitar. Yeah. So films like The Blues Brothers would sort of demonstrate, if you were really watching it like I was, you'd be like, what is he doing? Yeah. What's he doing? Why is he doing that? Yeah. And so also it's brilliant, it looks good, it's funny, and I love the music. So my first band was um, was like a soul band, covers band. Like when we were like 14, 15, mm. we were called The Ex-Presidents. Brilliant. Which is also from a film. What, the film ex-presidents? The film Point Break. Point, Point Break, Break, yeah, of course. That's, that's, yeah. that's how they're doing the robberies, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we played all those songs. How did, so how did, how did, did you form that one then? Yeah. Or, yeah. How did that go about? Um, it was me and Simon, who's still in the Coast Chiefs now. We'd, I mean, I can't, it's so hard to tell, really. Oh, yeah, and a friend of mine... Brendan, he played sax, and we we had a horn section. We were fifteen. We had a horn section. Um, How bass. Do you find a horn player at fifteen? The piano player was amazing. They, they, were they from your school? Yeah. Or did you have to? And one other school. Yeah. And they'd rehearse at my house in the garage. And we did. And at first, you just didn't know what to do. Like how? How do you make the noise? So <laughs> you'd be like. It was really weird. Really. You had no one. You had no one there, sort of like a dad saying, no. "Right, listen, no adults. Okay, now what we're going to have with you is you come in here. You basically went, I want to do this. Yeah, I know that's kind of what I want to do. I think it's going to be fun. Come round, bring your instruments, and then you're all staring at each other, going, right, okay, how's <sighs> no, this you start, start making a noise. Yeah, any any noise at that point is amazing. You're yeah. the best band in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's all just brilliant as well. Yeah. It's the uh, I just can't. It seems weird now, but it just seemed like, also, it just seemed like, okay, this is what we do. We're a band, right? We do this. My friend Adam, he was singing. I think we just knew the songs and we'd try and work it out, really. They weren't yeah. that hard, you know, like midnight hour or something. Yeah. It was three chords. Mm. And... So you had supportive parents then? They let you rehearse uh, in the garage? Yeah, and... in the garage. Did you have to soundproof it or anything like that? Uh, just... No. There was a story later on that came out with my friend when, I, when, when we were famous. There was uh, my friend overheard some um, some people talking at work, I think, and they'd lived next door to me or behind or something, 
And she was talking about how the Kaiser's drummer used to live, and we used to hear him rehearse. And we were going to go around with a petition. We'd got names written yeah. down yeah, to yeah. stop him drumming because it was too noisy. And my friends told me this year later, I'm like, I knew it. Brilliant. I bet they're kind of grateful. We used they're to like, get a few complaints. They contributed to British culture now, yeah. if yeah. they had a complaint. Did you ever use like drum covers or you were like, fuck that? No. We used to rehearse in the house, I think after that, yeah, because we got a few complaints, so we have to go in the house and yeah, some of my mum and dad were really good. It was Sunday, three till, oh, two till five, I think. Brilliant. Sunday, two till five, the best bit of the week. So your next choice is similar to this choice in regards to... You, Can you, you guess? Oh, I don't want a, a spoiler, but I've got um, two Yeah, there's be. two. Well, there's one, I've got one, I haven't thought beyond one. So let's see here what it is. Okay. It's the commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, that yeah. was really the blueprint for me. Yeah. That was, okay, so with the Blues Brothers, they get the band back together, but they go straight on stage. Yeah. Or the straight, you know, playing the songs yeah. in the camp, mm-hmm. in, in the, in Ray's music exchange, but in the commitments, you see them in rehearsal, and I'm like, okay, so this is a rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> and, true, that, like, and, it, and it is because it sounded raw as well, didn't it? Yeah. It, it, the first rehearsal, it's not... No, no, it's not it, great. Nothing's mic'd up and it sounds like yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's all, the, yeah. the drum sounds are quite sort of... So we had backing singers as well. We had literally got... Roy and Sally. <laughs> yeah, we, we had... Mm, we had three girls. We had the horn section. It was amazing. All coming round your house. Well, <laughs> that they was never... Not amazing. all of them ever turned up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we rehearsed at somebody else's house and then we got an actual yeah. church hall and all that. Man. Then we stripped it back. We, we'd grown out of... Of that sort of thing at that point, I wanted to do something a bit more. What was that due to? Was that heavy. due to growing out of it? Was it also because of new influences getting new older? New influences, yeah. yeah. Probably Nirvana. Yeah. Um, oh no, no, no! It was about the same time as Nirvana, so we were doing soul stuff. We did gigs and everything. Like, it's pretty good. There's a video. I've still got it. A VHS video. I saw it recently because my friend got married. Who was the singer? Adam. He got married, and I, somebody asked me if I could find the video. And I, I was like, of course I can't find it. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> <laughs> it's never dusty. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fantastic film, The Commitment, so yeah. it, a, a, absolutely yeah. brilliant. I, I didn't watch it for you. There was loads of buzz around it. Loads of my like, you seen The Commitment? I didn't watch it then. I didn't watch it for years later. Yeah. And then I was like, I wish I'd stuck my feet in the ground and been like, no, I don't want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, well, I wasn't allowed to watch it because of all the, all yeah. the swears. So yeah. I had to be, so I had to wait a few years. I mean, I was probably about, I don't know when it came out, but I can remember waiting a two years yeah. I knew I wanted to see it I got the soundtrack and I knew everything about it apart from I hadn't actually seen it Yeah, I love the fact that these music videos this was not just a it wasn't just something for you to enjoy you were learning from it It was a, it all, there was a little I'd almost like a how to yeah because there's no you know <laughs> you want to be in a band then what's the what's the bit between being at school and being in a band and you've got to get whatever you can. I remember there was a band formed on Grange Hill and yep. I was like, right, that's that's one way of doing it. Uh, <laughs> there was a TV program called Pugwall. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about it. I, I sing the theme tune a lot yeah. and she was like, what shut they up. They? Orange Organics, right? Yeah. So that was another one. You're like, okay. The maddest thing was, I, I remember being in Australia talking to the gig rep of ours who did all the gigs with us. I said, I love this program called uh, Pugwall. And so he was like laughing. On the last date of the of the Australian tour, he goes, "I've got a surprise for you." And he opened the door to the dressing room. Pugwall. Fuck off. And Stringveen. 
from the bass player was in the dressing room. Oh, what? <laughs> really? Yeah. That's brilliant. So he'd known them. He was, they were mates, pretty much. Oh my gosh! What's, what was he up to then? By that by that point, is he? Had oh, he had, I remember, had, I was <laughs> laughing my head off. The only organics made it. <laughs> it was, was a good TV show. Um, yeah, and commitments is a is a sound choice. And it's an interesting thing. The only real kind of issue in the band is the drummer, isn't it? The drummer, yeah, yeah. The, the, mm. the drummer goes, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he hates the singer, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he reckons he's going to get put back in prison if he has to spend another time <laughs> yes, with the singer. Yes, and then they get the Mikhail Wallace, Wallace yeah. yeah, the lunatic roadie to mm-hmm. to play drums, uh, uh, who I believe now in certain commitments bands that are on the road, yeah. he's the singer. Oh, what? The yeah, actual... Mikhail Wallace is really? the singer of the, wow. the commitments thing. But I did see that they, they played the O2 about four or five years ago oh. and it was the full... Really? Apart from um, Glenn Hansard, who's... Mm. Ants band because he's he's a superstar in Ireland, isn't he? He's, I don't um, know. He's um he's in a he fronts a band called the Frames. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, the Frames are that's so weird. Yeah, huge. what's he called? Um, Glenn Hansard. I had no idea. When you that. see footage every, I think it's every Christmas Eve, Bono goes out into Dublin and does acoustic shows. In wow. the, in the, and it's always a Glenn Hansard. Okay. And and what about um, Deco? Is he in that lineup of the Commitments? Uh, uh, the the recent one that done the O2 he, he definitely signed right yeah. cool I remember yeah. seeing him on Wogan he was only 18 he was so young wasn't yeah, he yeah he had a set of pipes on him yeah that was amazing <laughs> that was so influential to me that I was going to say um, drumming because you said you since forever you'd wanted to drum because yep. you'd, you'd, you'd played you'd played bits and pieces and you'd you'd pull these bands together is, is there a moment when you were like was it when you were in rehearsal rehearsals or was it watching films or listening to music when you went no drum, drums is the one it's um the one. yeah i remember I, I don't know i just always wanted to play the drums i'd make my own drums just out of stuff just playing i was like, so excited about drums what, draw what a picture right? of drums what drummers sort of wish you into wish you, did right. you want to hear when i first started yeah no um did you were you all about drum solos or did you no, want to play like, for the song and and you know what, what was just there's no explanation I just knew that if I could get on a drum kit I would be in heaven I'd sit like say if you ever go to like a wedding or any sort of function and there'd be a band on even if it wasn't in the bit that we were in I'd go and sit there and stare at the drum and literally thinking I hope he asks me to drum I've never played the drums this yeah. and that is my dream still when I go to a gig. Whatever it is, I'm hoping that the drummer's broken his arm. When you get to step up. <laughs> and they go, is there anybody here that can drum? And they go, yeah. <laughs> so who, who are your sort of favourite drummers now? Now, Dave Grohl is my favourite. Any particular song that um, you think he's, he's No, he's I mean, I, I love everything he's ever done. Um, and then when you hear, um, is it No One Knows? Yeah. No One Knows by mm-hmm. Queens of Stone Age. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit in that. This is what I think distinguishes him from every other drummer. Most drummers you can look at and go, well, I can't do what they're doing. So they're really showing off. And I think, well, I can't do it now, but if I tried, I could probably do that in about six weeks. But with Dave Grohl on No One Knows, I'm thinking, I don't know where to start with that. Yeah. Because that is, that's extra. Yeah. I don't know what's gone on there. I think he did that whole record with them, and the drums on that whole record are fucking mental. Yeah. They really, really are. They sound um, amazing. 
Yeah. And and even when he was with um with Nirvana, that does my head in sometimes. Yeah. And I listen to that and I think, You were young man. Yeah, yeah. And you were He's just got like it, that. he's just got it. Whatever it is he's got. Yeah. And he went on and done his own thing beyond drums as well. It's kinda yeah. Yeah. That is one talented guy. And he's just it just looks like he's having a fucking blast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, no, he we did a couple of tours, actually. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, I did one in America and one in Australia. Nice guy? Did you meet him then? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he was great. He'd just come into our dressing room at the end of gigs, tell us, okay. He'd, just, he'd spend loads of time in our dressing room. It was amazing. Mm. We couldn't believe it. Sometimes we sat there going, yeah, one time uh, we'd just talking and it'd be like, you'd mention Kurt and we at each other going, he means Kurt Cobain. That's fucking surreal, <laughs> isn't it? From Nirvana, that's who he's talking about now. And um, it was great. I remember we we came, we used to come on stage to Money for Nothing. Yeah. And we'd have it all lined up. Like, full intro? Uh, it was the full intro <laughs> and we had this place where we were going to walk on. And we did it for years, right? But one of the first times we did it was on tour with them and he came in the dressing room after. He goes, okay, guys, it's the best entrance music ever, but you're doing it wrong. You need to do this and walk on here and not do that. And telling us all this stuff. We're like, okay, <laughs> we'll do that. That's a good walkout too. That's, no, so that's a brilliant, great thing to come out to. Uh, how about you, mate? Drummer? Any drummers? Um, I quite like the drumming in Blondie Records. Mm. Um, and I, I really like the... Oh, it's a bit... I, I really like the drumming on the first Ride album. Just oh, sounds, yeah, people like it. Yeah, like Loz. Yeah, I just think it's just feels like someone kind of learning and playing at the same time, and it just seems to just right. It just I don't know. It's something about it that I don't hone it on, on drums mm. when I'm you know I don't separate him or when I listen mm. to a song, but there's just something that from that to jump and, and and Mike Joyce I think Mike Joyce yeah he's, he's uh, plays for the record perfectly and it sits. Where it should sit. I, I know the name of the drummer for Leonard Skinner. What was his oh, name? Yeah. What, what was know. his name? I, yeah. I like the show off drummers as well. Yeah. I like Danny Goffey. Right. And Supergrass, Keith Moon, and Jim Bonham. <laughs> okay. Just like lots of toms. Lots <laughs> of toms. <laughs> have they ever done talking to Keith Moon? Have they ever done? What, what, have they done a biopic on? No. Yeah, there's a book, isn't there? But there's no one's ever done the yeah, film. Done a movie, I mean, have they? That's, 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 that's fucking gagging for it. It isn't really it? is. Really? Yeah, we got there, isn't it? Just moan it. You just like you just need forty five minutes on him, and that's like yeah. pure gold. You him and Ollie right, Reed. You've got to get the right guy, eh? Yeah. Because we was talking about who films, wasn't we? Saying yeah. like, you know, where do, where do you stand with things like that? Can can they be on the list? You know, mm, because yeah. they are all about the music, but they're not actually about a band as such. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quadrophenia's up there in the top five films, I reckon. Yeah. Because there's a whole load of films, including the ones I mentioned that I used to watch, like. Silly a number of times. Where about the VHS, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. never get bored of it. Yeah. And always just, it's so weird. Like, Withnell and I was there. Got to be, I always forget, I that was it, like man. 89. I didn't realize, I thought it was like 86. 93, 80 fucking six. Yeah. That's crazy. I had The Wanderers, right? And I watched it to death because the score, the, yeah. the, 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 the songs they use in it, is all like really, it's all Frankie Valley and, mm. and, oh, right. and the Christmas. I don't know The Wanderers. Like, oh, it's just a, a, a kind of late 80s kind of down. Bronx gangster film. Mm. Um, right. like, sorry, I'm not gang film, gang film. Gang film. And, uh, oh, it's absolutely brilliant. And the soundtrack is 
Dion on the Belmonts. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Right. It's absolutely brilliant. And that will be, I've got a poster up in the bar. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's me. Right, lovely. That was, that was that. up there. Um, what was I going to say? Codrophenia was definitely one of them ones that I think is like a rite of passage. It's one of them ones that you've got to watch. And I what? actually went, um, I'll tell you what I was going to say. It was about Codrophenia. And I was trying to explain it to one of the lads at work, mm. and he's a lot younger than me. And I said, like, yeah, you know, he's like, it's, it's about mods. And he was like, mods. And I went, yeah, mm. mod. And he was like, what's a mod? Yeah. And I went, a, a mod. And like, you know, like Lambretta's, like a, a mod. And he was like, I don't know what you mean. And I thought, you don't know what a mod is. And he's obviously, I think he's about 22. Mm. And I went, he went, who's a mod? And I was like, I, thought, I can't say Jimmy because you ain't going to know what Quadrophenia is. Jimmy. And I went, hmm. Paul Weller? And he went, oh, is that the fat one that was on X Factor? I was like, that's Rick Waller. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Conf- confused Weller with Waller. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, well. That scene where he jumps into the crowd off the top of it in Quadrophenia made my, used to make my stomach turn. Yeah. And I'd always be like, have I got the minerals to yeah. do that? <laughs> have I actually got the minerals to do that? And I don't think I have. I, I went know. on the stag to Brighton about two months ago and I went to what he's called Quadrophenia Avenue or something. Oh, like yeah. The little, where yeah. he has it away with yeah. Leslie Ash. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I remember thinking, oh, brilliant. And it just reeked of piss. <laughs> it just, I think people had just come out of the pub and that was the easiest place to go and have a quick slash on my own. Uh, so are we at two or one? We're at one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're at, we are at one. So, I'll yeah, what's, what's your number one? Well, I think, I mean, straight away I knew that this was number one. Okay. Spinal Tap. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it just is. Yeah. Talking of influence. I mean, that was influence, influential in a different way. Actually, that wasn't influential. Yeah. It was, oh my God, yeah. This is, it was just like, this is what happens to bat. This is what we're like. This is, you know, everything that was happening to them, in a way, happens to all bands. Yeah. It's um, hopefully not as extreme, but. Yeah. Finding the stage. Have you ever had that moment? Um, I can remember being in Cleveland and doing the tapping on the wall with my drumsticks, going, hello, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> so that's in that scene where they're looking. And, and I just love it because they go, they're looking for, they're not phased at all. They're not worried. They're not disappointed that they, they've reached another dead end. They just, come on. <laughs> hello, Cleveland. Hello. Right. And they're just hyping themselves up. It's just... Just would you call each other out on them? But if you got at a spinal tap moment, yeah. would it be like, whoa, hang on, that's a bit spinal tap? Yeah. And people always ask me, what I can't actually think of examples. I should have done, really, in advance. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, all of it's painful, isn't it? The where are they now file. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be funnier. That film could not be funnier. Yeah, it's it's a bit special, isn't it? Did you ever see the kind of? I guess it was almost like the comic strips take on it. Bad news. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's pretty special as well. Yeah, it was good, but it it was it was just I don't know. There was something whatever was happening on on that shoot because I mean half of it's made up. Yeah, they didn't have a script for half of it. They had really? guidelines, but a lot of it's improv. And so stuff like when they say, um, if you watch it, now, when they're talking about the review about shark sandwich, yeah. and he says, someone just reviewed it, shit sandwich. So he's got the reviews in front of him, Rob Reiner, and the band haven't heard them. So their reactions are genuine reactions. <laughs> 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 uh, 
got to watch it again, knowing that they didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Curb's a bit like that as well, isn't it? I think they sort of like say, this is roughly where the scene goes. Oh, really? And yeah, this is right. And I think you can sort of tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's good now. I, th- I think you get that earnest reaction, don't you? Definitely. And I think that's good. But yeah, yeah Spinal Tap's just, uh, just a funny, funny, funny movie. Um, yeah, expected to see it on there. Yeah, we. Um, um, when did you first listen to? When did you first watch? First it? watched it. Um, I can't remember. It must be like late nineties, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Peanut from the Kaiser Chiefs keyboard player. He was, me and him got most into it, and we still, you know, messaging. <laughs> like, say so if, if yeah, the first time I did a gig on my solo stuff, which is like December. He wrote, do a good show, yeah? Which is just a tiny line. Do a good show, yeah? From the guy who left, Nigel Tuffner, yeah. says to David St. Lovins, do a good show, yeah? It's <laughs> <laughs> just funny. Brilliant. So, that's that's your five. Yeah. And we, we've got what, sort of seven minutes seven left. Seven minutes, So, yeah. what, what didn't make the grade that, that, oh, right. that was up Oh, yeah, well... Um, I rewatched Dig. That's a great yeah. movie. Watched it's one of yours, Dig. Too, it? I've seen it before, it yeah. a long time ago, and I couldn't really. It came back to me. I watched it yeah. yesterday. I've I've not seen it for years, but I've watched it quite a few times when it came out. And to anyone that hasn't seen it, it's um it's a kind of sort of road movie documentary about um the Dandy Warhols and Brian Jonestown massacre. It, um, yeah. And how it's, it's a weird dynamic, isn't it? Because they're completely hero worshipping Anton and, and his yeah. band mm-hmm. yet the Dandy Warhols then go on to have a lot of success mm-hmm. which seems to put Anton's nose out of joint it's, doesn't it it's distressing to watch uh, because <laughs> you kind of almost I mean I know exactly with all these films there's always been in everyone including Dig there are bits of it in every band right? Oh. so there are my friend's bands getting signed and we were still unsigned we were like, you know, you do feel those, you get seriously jealous, but yeah. you can't let it, you don't go on about it in the same way Anton does. So everything in these films that I've mentioned, it's 10. Everything's at 10. Yeah. And in normal band life, it's five or under. Yeah. So Spinal Tap, the things that happen to them is 10. 11. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 11. And so... um Yes, I'm watching that. Yes, they dig. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is... I know there are shades of this in my life, but, I mean, it has gone to a new level of tearing yourself apart of somebody else's success. Yeah, yeah. It's hard work. He he turns up outside Dandy Warhol's gigs on roller skates with copies of his own album, which is a track, if I remember Uh, right, written about... Yeah. I can't remember what it's the last, Not If You Were The Last Dandy On Earth. That was it. It's pure obsession at that point, and it's like, it's hard to watch. It's the same when, is it Joel, the tambourine yeah, yeah. player, uh, who, who's got one of the greatest looks you'll ever yeah, see. Yeah, he's cool. And, and he gets, I mean, he basically just gets fucked up and, and just plays tambourine with the uh, Jonestown Massacre. And they fall out. And uh, and there's just this scene where he's just going, well, you know, that's it, I guess, you know, I've just got to find another band that needs a tambourine. Player. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant. It's just, it's just hard work, and so I didn't pick it in my top five because I've, I want, like all those films have been such inspirations to me. I mean, 
not Supersonic because it only came out yeah. last year, but what Supersonic's representing was definitely an inspiration. And um, and this was just, I mean, the Dandies bit, that is, that's inspirational because mm. they went on to be huge and everything. And, but it's just a bit, it's just too negative, isn't it, that film? It's, it's I enjoyed quite, it. Yeah, it's a bit bleak, though. It's bleak. Yeah. It is bleak. You're watching someone have a breakdown, yes. basically, mm. aren't you? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, whilst one half is the jubilation of the success that the, is, you know, the Dandy Warhols mm. are getting and the rest of it is just Brian Jones sound literally. Basically, everything out. in this film that um, Anton says he hates is what he really means is that's what he wants. Yeah. Mm. And I don't know why he's, I mean, he's around now because I see his tweets a lot. Yeah. Um, Jones sound come over and play still quite a bit. I just wonder what how he sees that film and how it... If it did, it change him having watched it, or is he exactly the same or what? Mm. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> Any others that didn't make the grade? Um, yeah, stuff like Quadrophenia because of I did think about that. Um, 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 Any ones like oh, the Doors? That yeah, yeah, I thought about the Doors. Say, don't they? I saw that when I was about fifteen, and I remember thinking, "This is brilliant." And I haven't seen it since, and I was thinking, mm. I wonder if, if I watched it now, would I think this is really... Yeah, I haven't seen it not, for It's not bang on, this. But I don't know, something tells me that that's not going to be bang yeah, on. Yeah, I, I, got, I watched that, I got into The Doors. The Doors I didn't get into until I was at uni, and then I got into them in a big way for about a year. It was the only year we had band practice, never played anything until that point. Right. Had a set of drums in my room, bizarrely. Nice. And um, and it was it was a great time, and we'd just do Doors stuff, and... Um, and we watched it then, but I can't remember because also they'd that was the year that they'd brought in a they'd made like magic mushrooms legal in the UK. So we just <laughs> just taking mushrooms, just hitting the drums. It's good fun though, but I can't, I can't remember. That was under the stone, wasn't it? Yeah, and Val Kilmer, isn't it? Yes, is it and Val Kilmer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 before his head yeah. doubled in size. <laughs> I'd like to see it again, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick that down on my list. Oliver Stone, did I? No, it wasn't Oliver Stone. It was, uh, Cameron Crowe made Almost Famous, which I, I will put. Yeah, as, as a cracking. There was a few. Do- I mean, there was a few documentaries. I didn't mm. know whether they would get in. Well, I suppose the Supersonics mm. documentary. Yeah. So yeah. Um. What Amy's one? I haven't seen that. Amy. One yeah. It's uh, good. It's good. There's um. The Stones one that's good. Uh, Cross- Crossfire Hurricane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beatles. There's so many Beatles ones. I've got mm. millions of Beatles. I started watching the recent one. Um, not for last, the one um, based around when they explode, uh, kind of. In is a, it the Ron Howard one? Yeah, yeah, the one that came out of cinema. Eight days a week. I that, that, yeah. That's it, yeah. And there's another one. I saw, I saw that one, then I saw um, this other one about Sergeant Pepper's, and I was like, because I've got loads of DVDs of Beatles documentaries where there's people who basically were bar staff at a gig where the Beatles walked in on once yeah. and then they talk about the Beatles so right. they always go well obviously John you know, mm. and, yeah. and you're like you've got you've got no idea you, you don't know they, you've never met them basically yeah. there was just one at the cinema where I walked out halfway through because it was just these old blokes who'd never met them really or maybe they had seen them or something but it's just um, um, you can f- the number of documentaries about the Beatles is have you seen Backbeat yeah. See, th- I think Backbeat's fantastic. I think Ian Hart plays a brilliant Lennon. Ian Hart from Leeds United? Uh, yes. And uh, and what's his face? Uh, Stephen Dorff played. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Didn't he? yeah, yeah. And, 
And mm. I, I can't think what the girl's name was played. Astrid, the one from... Twin yeah, Peaks. that was actually really... That was a good film. And that and was... The band was incredible. Can you remember who was in the backbeat no. band? It was Mike Mills on bass from R- R- right. R.E.M. Uh, Dave Grohl on drums. What? Um, Thurston Moore. Dave Pierna, Soul Asylum, and what's his name from Afghan Weeks? It was a That's monster amazing. band. No, they I had played no the MTV that. Awards and they played Money and oh, Mr. Postman. It's, it's pretty decent. Wow. Yeah. That's, I did not know that. But that film's inspirational as well. Anything about the Beatles is good. Nowhere Boy. Have you seen that? Um, but I can't do with wigs. I've not had any wigs mm. and I don't like the accents. <laughs> mm. Like, I'm such a purist, really, that I couldn't pick a Beatles film. I like the George Harrison one. Yeah. The uh, Scorsese one, that's pretty good. It's too long. Um, what, what other ones are there? The Johnny Cash, walk the line that came out. Um, Sorry for our party people. Oh, yeah. Yes. That, that would be on my list, for sure. Uh, but the Joy Division one as well. Mm, control. Control, control mm. is amazing. Uh, what's Love Got To Do With It? The Tina Turner one's pretty pretty decent. Yeah. I've seen it, man. Uh, it's it's quite, it's quite bleak, isn't it? Because her, her, what was it? She had some rough, she had some rough relationships, didn't she? And who was it that was to knock her about? Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, that was pretty, that was pretty bleak. Whitney Houston one's good. What the one that was on telly recently? Can I be me? Is it? See, I, I didn't rate that. I thought that fell into the same thing as what you said about the people that were in the Beatles film. I felt right, like it was yeah, quite. Yeah, yeah. Tenuous links. Tenuous links. 110% unofficial footage. It's yeah. just like constantly <laughs> looping like a live show from like... Yeah. And, and, and I thought, yeah, I weren't... I, was, the, the, I enjoyed it. I didn't... But I, mean, I only saw it once. I thought, did you watch the George Michael one? Yeah, that was good. I, I thought that was really, really good. And it was when Liam said, when um, he's listening to Praying for Time, and he says... Yeah. Straight up Lennon, and I'd never heard it no. like that before. And I just mm. thought, God, it is. It really that is. Was good. Right. Enjoyed that. What else? Um, I've not seen a film, Jersey Boys. I've seen the show, and I really the story is mm. pretty phenomenal. Mm. But I've not seen the film of it. Yeah, I said that. I said that I had a little look around as well, and one of the first ones I got on Wikipedia as a band one would be Glenn Miller, and you thought oh, yeah. you said there'd be nothing you could think of nothing more boring. Yeah. That's my, my parents' favourite band, so I'm gonna I'm totally gonna get story. that one out and watch it with them. Yeah, the Glenn Miller story. Have you seen it? Uh, Recommend it? No, don't think so. <laughs> I remember one that was good with uh, Chesney Hawks. What was that called? Buddy Song. Buddy Song. Right. Was adultery? Yeah, that was good. And um, the girl's name was Lisa, and she was in. Press gang, she was right. bloody lovely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the radio the other morning. He was on X with Chris Moores talking about recording really? um, the film Buddy because it was a series first, Buddy, and then they made the film Buddy Song right. afterwards. And it was adultery. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and he said like he because it was um, Nick Kershaw wrote. Did he? The one and only. I had no idea about that. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's uh, a good one. Yeah. Anyone we want to get him? Buster. Buster. Joking. Classic Collins. <laughs> <laughs> My number one was uh, Moonwalker. Oh, you see, Michael Jackson as well is important because <laughs> I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, and there it's was one of the first pop. Yeah, it was the first pop record I bought was Bad, and Moonwalker didn't. I went to cinema to see Moonwalker. Yeah. It was pretty mental. Moonwalker. I mean, it's not a biopic in any way, but I mean, probably it was in his head. So yeah. I always think that's how it passes yeah. that test. 
really. There's a great ba- uh, bad one. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called Bad. <laughs> um, that's... Um, oh, I can't remember who it is. Uh, well, they made the film about... Spike Lee, is it? Yeah, Spike, Spike Lee, or was it Spike Jones? No, Spike Lee did Spike bad. Lee did yeah. bad, yeah. Yeah, he did. And he, um, what was the one that came out after? The, the least, the most not bad sort of bunch of guys ever. I'm yeah. bad, and they're all like on roller skates in leather <laughs> yeah. chaps and Scors- metal studs. Scorsese did the video, right? For bad. Oh, was it Scorsese? Yeah. Right, okay. No, he did the video, the actual. Yeah. I'm excited that I'll beat it. I can't remember which one. It might have been Scorsese. I think I thought- bad. When we're saying Spike Lee, that's no, no, it. Spike Lee did the yeah. film, the documentary, but oh, Scorsese right. did the actual Scorsese music video. The music video. Yeah. It's pretty the good. Car lot. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's amazing. With uh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the film that, that he done after he, after he died? The one about the oh, concert yeah. that never happened. Yeah, oh, well, I haven't um, watched that yet, and I will. It's really good. It's really good. You see him, and he's still he's still got it. Quite boshing out the moves, isn't he? Yeah. Oh well. I guess we've, we've we've come to an end there. Yeah. Um, thanks loads, mate. It's really nice of you to come out and do this yeah. and, and chatting about something that... It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you very My much. My album's out on the 26th of January. So where can people find out all about you, Nick? Um, uh, well, the World Wide Web. Yes. Um, Google, <laughs> Spotify, iTunes, my Twitter... Nick J.D. Hodgson. Everything's Nick J.D. Hodgson. Instagram, the website, everything. So when this comes out um, in a few weeks' time, um, we will tag you in everything. Thank you. So uh, everybody can, that, that isn't following you already Can't can, be me, can that do so. It? No, it's me, I'm afraid. Sorry. Um, yeah. We'll have a chat with everyone. So get, let's hear your uh, top fives, people. And we'll have a chat with Nick. And, um, yeah, again, mate, it's been a pleasure. And, um, yeah, good luck with the album. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you a lot soon. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks. So there you have it. We actually managed to complete an episode in about an hour, which is a record really for me and Stu. And how, what Call of Duty Nick was. Um, I loved how he got into movies and um, music based movies to learn how to put bands together and then follow that as a template for his own career. That's that's fucking mad stuff. Um, what did you think about the podcast, Mark? Did you enjoy it? It was fantastic. Loved it. It was brilliant. It's the best. Best ever. I'm doing emails now. So You're doing emails yeah. now. Okay. Um, well, big shout out now to um, our producer, uh, 76, um, to Brad Acton, our YouTube guy, um, the Distraction Pieces Network, um, Say Why to Drugs with Susie Gage. Go and check out that awesome shit. Um, Tuesday Night Jaw with Mr. Jim Smallman. Um, oh, Stop and Search with Jason Reed. There is another one on that network. Weirdly, the email I'm doing is to Acast. Yeah, saying put get... Your sponsor, they've put the podcast out. Yeah. And yeah. on top of the exclusive I gave in the intro, <laughs> the game involves a previous sponsor of Hardcore Listing. That's so big, I think yeah. you need to leave it there. It's made it worth it getting through that through that uh, podcast, hasn't yeah. it? Getting to that exclusive. Mark, any last words? It's a drunken soiree in the within. Christmas, Joe. 
present our core listing, the podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.